0: Hi, everyone. We're back with the Ask Mike Show, and today we have a very special guest who's going to talk to us all about his story, but also what he's gone through to get to where he is. His name is Lance Isios, and he's is the host of a top 100 rated podcast, the University of Adversity, and I can't wait to dive into some pretty unique topics with him. Lance, say hey, and share a bit about how you got started.
1: How you doing, man? Nice to, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I have a pretty crazy journey. Um, I don't know how deep we want to go, but I'll kind of give you the, the, um, the Cole's Notes version. I started out, I grew up playing hockey, ice hockey, I think you guys call it in, in the UK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I started out with that and that was pretty much my life growing up until you know I was around 20 years old. During that time, I had a really emotional, crazy teenage years. I had to leave my my family. I had to move across the country, and Canada is a pretty big country. So, um, things got pretty pretty ugly. Dad remarried, married a a woman, had four kids. It was a crazy stepwoman. It was just a it was right out of the movies. During that time, I was playing hockey. I was trying to make it professionally, but I was really struggling in the my family life. It was really um, toxic. It was really there was no there was no solid foundation there, and I was just going a little bit mad, as you guys say, too. I like that yeah. word, mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> going crazy, going mad. Um, so that was pretty emotional, my teenage years growing up, but I, you know, I was a hockey player and I started to get into drinking and partying and all that. And I really lost focus of what was important. And before you know it, my career was over. I was kind of lost as my identity of who I was going to be, what I was going to do next. So I tried a bunch of different things. I tried a bunch of different career paths, you name it, I've done it. And then I found the bartending industry. That's where I lived for the next 10, 12 years or whatever it was. It allowed me to kind of in, indulge in my toxic habits. I was able to, you know, connect with people. I had a lot of fun. There was a lot of good. There was a lot of bad. I, I was allowed to it allowed me to travel all over the world. I lived in Australia for five years. I ran bars there. And during that time, I had a pretty crazy story of what happened in my family. Personally, we can get into after, um, which really helped. which wanted. Inside of me, I wanted to change. I wanted to have a different direction because that life wasn't sustainable anymore, working in the bars. It wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling me. Um, and so I got out of it. I transitioned out of it, started doing online marketing, started doing direct selling, but I was stuck trying to compete with a lot of people saying the same message. So I decided to start a podcast and university of adversity was born. I wanted to be able to share my story, express my truth and allow other people a container to do the same. So it's allowed me to really grow. It's allowed me to really um, connect with people that I probably wouldn't have been able to connect with. And I've been able to literally create my brand from that. And we're almost 200 episodes in. It's been really successful, but it's still a process. We're still you know, fine tuning and I'm always trying to get better. So it's, I've had a crazy, crazy background, crazy story and um, it's kind of led me to where I am today and I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've gone on quite the quite the roller coaster, that's for sure. I'd be curious to, to know what about the bartending became unfulfilling and I ask that because lots of people would stay like that because it was fine. No, the they enjoy it and things just seem to, to go well, staying as they are sometimes. Was it a particular moment? Was it sort of a slow burner where you eventually just thought, I can't do this anymore? Was it multiple moments? Was it one big moment where you were like, I just can't do this anymore? What was the catalyst for you to, to leave the bartending industry?
1: Well, I always, when I was younger, my goal was to become, you know, a nightclub bartender in a very, you know, high-end place. And, and I, I did that. And I, I literally created what I wanted to create, travel, bartend. And that's what I did. But once I got there, I realized it's very unfulfilling and I had a greater purpose. Although I have the utmost respect for that industry. It taught me a lot. I just knew that there was something more. There's yes. something I enjoyed about it. I loved connecting with people. I loved the energy and giving people a great experience. I love the creativity side. I got very good at making cocktails. It's like I became a chef of cocktails, right? Like, and you know, I ended up doing the list um, for the four seasons in Sydney by the time I, I left at the end of 20, you know, 2017. So I was pretty, I was getting, I was passionate, but during that time I quit drinking for a whole year. So it was things were a lot different. So when you don't participate in the drinking itself, your priorities change. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't, I wasn't interested in that anymore. And although I made a lot of money, I did very well with it. I just knew that there was something more. So I made the choice to leave the industry because it was so toxic for me. I would get lost in it. The partying, the, the late nights, the beating up my body the anxiety that just, I was, my body was just crying for a change. And although I enjoyed the fun of it, when things were good, things were also very dark, very, there was some dark moments there. So I just made the promise, you know, to get out of it. And there was a few things that happened that helped me get out of that. And that's kind of what it, what I did. I haven't really looked back. I've kind of taken what I've, the good things about, the industry and applied them in more of a positive way, which is what I'm doing now.
0: That makes sense that you would take the, the good elements and put them into something else. It's amazing how many people that I've interviewed and had conversations with that actually have learned about what sort of changes to make or what innovations to make from different industries. You know, you see like people that are, oh, I'll learn about, you know, how to make my podcast better, for instance, but I'll learn it from like, the public speaking industry or the events industry or the music industry. You know, you'd be surprised at how many people pretty much have to learn how to be audio engineers when they want to up level their podcast. You know, got to learn about the levels and the compressions and all those things that your average Joe like, wouldn't need to know but you go out there and you learn it in a way of taking the good things from it and putting it into something else. So what sort of lessons did you take from bartending that you now use?
1: Well, I'm very, I think my superpower, you know, we all have one. We all have that skill that, that we have that gift. Mine is connecting with people and I've always had it. And I take genuine interest in people. So when people would come sit at my bar and I had the time to connect with them, it would, be a, it, it, I, it would be a great experience. And that is something that I a natural skill that came to me is to be able to break down barriers, find out about the person, connect, and create the relationship. And I never understood it at the time. Like, what do I like about this industry? And that's what it is. The, the feeling of leave, helping somebody feel better about the situation than they did before. Leave them in a better place than they did, did before, right? And I think in life, that's a lesson that we should all strive towards. You're either impacting somebody's life and you're leaving them feeling better or worse when you, when you meet them, right? Some people give you that feeling like, oh, I don't like that person. I, yeah. I, you know, or I do, I I feel I, we're all fuel for each other, right? We're all medicine for each other. So I realized that and taking that and using that in my podcast, because believe me, connecting with some of these, these people that I put on pedestals is very challenging sometimes. Cause I'm like, yeah, Oh man, like, <laughs> how am I going to talk to this person? And sometimes it's all in our head, but it's just the ability to allow them to feel comfortable. We're all humans, the ability to have that, to connect. And that, yeah, that is basically the thing that I've been able to take out of that, that I want to be able to teach people as well. And I've been thinking about it a lot lately, you know, because when you can do something naturally, you forget that not everybody can do it.
0: Right. And, and for me,
1: it's like, I haven't been very good at a lot of things, but I feel like that's one thing that I've been good at. So that's, and that takes self-awareness of like kind of doing a self inventory on your own life and being like, what, you know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? How can I focus on the strengths? Right. And try to hire people to help with the weaknesses because you know, you can't have time. It's good to work on your weaknesses, but I wouldn't spend too much time there if it's taking you away from like actually working on what you're good at. So long answer form for that question is, uh, yeah, it's my ability to connect with people.
0: Yeah, cool. Now, I I have to ask before we move on, because (laughs) I would be gutted if I didn't. What is the cocktail that you're best at? What's your favorite?
1: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> it's funny because I, I never get to talk about the bar like bartending stuff. And it was actually such a passion of mine for so long. It still is. I just don't like the feeling of the the, the hangover, right? But I still yeah. enjoy spirits. Like I, I think it's an art form. I I don't know. I love oh man. There's <laughs> amazing classics out there. There's amazing whiskey cocktails. Like, I mean, you can't go wrong with like a properly made old fashioned a Sazerac or, you know, even like a classic, like a a properly made margarita, like a Tommy's margarita, something like that. I mean, there's so many different avenues and I want to confuse your listeners because like there's so many different takes and twists on certain cocktails that they probably wouldn't know. Well, I don't know if they would, but um, that's the beautiful thing about making drinks. It's like people think it's this crazy hard thing and it's, there's a formula that you have. And once you get that formula, it's just about substituting out different things for different things. There's a certain formula, a certain uh, uh, ratio of spirits to liqueurs or juices to syrups. And once you get those down, it's just a matter of like swapping them. So, and obviously a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that to taste, right? But yeah, man. I, my favorite, if I had to have, it would be some sort of margarita, something really fresh, something, you know, yeah. Like I, I would, I would say if I had to have my last drink and I was like, this is it, some sort of margarita. All
0: right. Cool. <laughs> is, there, is there anything that, um, anything that you think we might not be aware of? So you mentioned the margaritas, which is, which is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a drink. It's quite nice, quite popular. Loads of people tend to drink it. Is there any, because you mentioned substitutions and that sort of pressed the button a little bit in me. Are there any substitutions that you, you weren't aware of until you tried it? Maybe something you thought, oh, let's give this a go. And it totally. turned out to be pretty, pretty fantastic.
1: Well, yeah. Sometimes we don't understand that flavors when they go together, right? And you just have to play around. And I just played around with different things and it's just like cooking, right? You get to learn a lot of these things go good together. You just need to get the, the balances right. Right. And you know, too sour you add more, is more sweet, too sweet, add sour. There's ways of, of moving it around. Um, but I really also took, took a lot of pride in like my whiskeys a lot of, you know, really, cause I worked, the four seasons that I worked at in Sydney, Australia, it was like a whiskey bar. It was called grain bar. And uh, it's funny cause I haven't talked about this stuff in a long time. Well in like three <laughs> years. So it's kind of funny, wow. but like we had so many whiskeys, you know uh, you know, all kinds from all over the world. And it's really, those are the kind of nights like talking about things like that to people, giving them an experience. That's what I liked. And, yeah. and you know, making very good drinks, not just like, you know, shitty little ones that you make at a, at a pub or something yeah. <laughs> like a real sit down, like a cocktail butter, like, you know, where it's like you take it seriously and it's fresh. And yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, those are the, I learned so much. It was crazy. Like, especially from people from like London, people from London are like, or, you know, come from New York or something. But in Australia, a lot of people, the drinks are, a lot of them are inspired by people from the UK, from London. Oh, so, okay. You know, I, when I went to London back in 06, I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't into that scene yet. But I just, because there's so much UK influence in Australia, yeah. London kind of sets the bar for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And it's pretty interesting because they're very particular about it. And the standards on how you make drinks compared to here in Canada nobody cared about cocktails for a while and it's just interesting <laughs> it's interesting how different it was but it's kind of getting there now but not the same
0: so did you do all like the hand movements with the glasses and all of the Did you see it in movies and films don't you did you do all that sort of stuff as well
1: like flaring no
0: no no okay no <laughs> no flaring
1: out. I mean, I do the, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not the most gracious bartender. That's for sure. <laughs> I, um, I definitely, you know, knock things over. Um, but there is a system and a science to it. When you watch a good bartender work, it's like, kind of like a good chef. I compare them. While they're working, they're cleaning and they're, they're, things are getting organized and you watch them make it and you're like, whoa, that would look so easy but then you watch somebody less skilled. It's like, a, it's chaos. There's <laughs> shit everywhere. People it, like, it's like, it's, it's true though. watching the yeah. fluid, the, the fluid motion of it. And it's really amazing to watch somebody that's very, very skilled at that because it's like a completely different experience and everything just flows, you know?
0: It's almost like magic. Look like it's like watching a it's like watching a magician do a, a performance public. So he's he's clearly been doing that thousands of hours like in a dark room somewhere where no one can see him because he's practicing everything, he's organizing everything and he's putting everything in, in the right places and getting the timing right and all that. And then when he goes to work, like a magician or a chef or, or a bartender goes to work and it all comes together um, we don't realize that, you know, they've been practicing for a long time. They've not just walked up and gone, oh, I can give this a go. Hold my margarita and start throwing stuff around. Yeah. It's something that takes a lot of practice, is not it?
1: Well, yeah, you have to be um, um, unconsciously competent. So where I think that's the right, there's a few. So like you're where you don't even, doesn't, you don't even think about it. Yeah. You just know, yeah. you know, and yeah. you get to that level where I just, I just know. If I went and did it again. It would take me a little bit to, to remember a little bit, but I could get right back into it because it's so ingrained in my brain from doing it so many times. That, that's like that with anything though. Yeah, it is. You practice enough. The, the people who make professional sports, the people who make it to the pros have simply practiced way more than the normal person. Like yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of times more. It's, it's, you hear all the time, the best of the best were the first ones out, the last ones in always, if you want to, and that's like that in anything, right? Like you, you don't become good at something by accident. Of course there's natural talent, but the, the person that works at it consistently will pass the person that has the natural talent. If the talent doesn't work at it. Right. And you see it a lot of times and it goes less in all aspects of life.
0: Yeah, it's the same with, uh, with the sports that I used to play. I used to play tennis and basketball. So if you imagine tennis is that serving is kind of a similar thing because you can serve for hours yeah, all by yourself. And nine times out of ten, they are the people with the faster serves, The are better, they look nicer because they've been practicing so much that the racket doesn't become heavy anymore. Everything looks like they're not even rushing half the time. And everyone else is like trying to practice there and then when people don't realize is that that's like the competition for those people. When they're in front of the audience, that's the competition. They're warming up or they're practicing. That's not like... Training it in the gym. There's training where you're in public training, and then there's training that's like being in the gym on your own, nothing but your own thoughts, and that's all that you're doing. You're doing mm-hmm. that one thing over and over and over again. So serving is sort of the same thing in tennis, but then basketball, mm-hmm. it's pretty much any shot in basketball you can recreate to a certain degree. So there's mm-hmm. like, there's there's free throws there's all the shots on all the different parts of the tennis court. You can keep going. Obviously there are certain things that um, transfer across. So the way that your arm moves is very, very similar. The position of your arm is very, very similar. Where you put your fingers on the ball is very, very similar. So all of it can transfer, but where you're stood, how you're stood, whether you're off balance or on balance, all that sort of stuff is where the, the, vir- the variability is But mm it's it is that i i could play for hours on my own because i'm I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert as well so i could happily go to the basketball court or the tennis court and i could shoot for like three hours Mm. or i could serve for like three hours because it takes you ages to pick up tennis balls i you would not believe the agony of picking up 100 tennis balls after hitting 100 tennis balls yeah. takes you forever anyway beside yeah, the I point bet. so it, it is that it is the stuff that you do like behind closed doors when no one's watching it is the stuff that you do when no one's watching you know like you practice with a bit like your podcasting I, I i had to practice like my setup even practice how you set things up because unless you've got a proper purpose-built studio it's something that you're going to have to get used to you have to set up the system you have to set up the the software or the the mics or the mixers and all that you've got to learn how to do all that before you before you start it before you go into it you can't just sort of put it all together and go okay we're ready we're good
1: or, or you, yeah, yeah, or you, uh, yeah, for sure. To get it started, yeah, you got to, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it, it's not, it's not easy. But I guess it's the same in business as well, because the amount of people that, how, how can I put it, the stuff that people don't see, is the stuff that matters the most. But because people don't see it, they don't think it goes on. You know, but like, people seem to think that it doesn't happen because they don't yeah. see it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's interesting you brought up the whole, like, the skill of it and the art of it. And it's, um, it's interesting when you bring all that up, to be fair. Why, why, did you, why did you settle on online marketing, though? Did you have, like, did you map everything out that you could have done? And then you went, ah, I'll do that. Or, or was there something else going on?
1: Well, at the time, it was my only way. And I did direct selling for a, st- a company that I, st- I still use the products. I just don't do it with a company called Enagic. Um, You know, and it, it's, it's a, it's health technology. It's great product. I just, as far as that being the thing that I wanted to do at the time, that was, that was the, that was my, the, the option that I had. And in order to get people interested in me, you got to build you got to post on social media and you got to become this person that people trust and get to know. And then they want to, they want to join your, your tribe. Right. And that was why I initially started my podcast is because I wanted to show people who the real me was, which eventually would want to do business with me and trust me and build a tribe together. That's, that's the whole reason. At the time, you know, three years ago in 2017, Facebook ads and all that was still very, it was good. The algorithm was good. A lot of people were making a lot of money. I just felt like, although that was the right step in the right direction, that wasn't the be all end all. And hey, maybe down the road, I'll still introduce that as an offer because I believe everybody's at a different journey, you know? For me now, I do you know, full podcast production for, for busy professionals that don't want to do all the work themselves. That's one thing. But then there's other things. Like if you want to start a business, you want to have you know, create residual income, then there's other options. So it's about kind of being flexible for your client or for the, per, the people that you have. And that's initially what I want to be. I want people to see me and go, I like this person. I learn about him through this podcast. What does he offer? And then there's a different way I can offer and be of service to people. And that was the first level of service that I could provide um, because I was passionate about health because of, you know, my, all that stuff. So that was what I started with. And then, like I said, it turned into podcasting. So I had no interest in, in really anything else. I didn't have the bandwidth or the education or the knowledge to even know where to start. Like this has been three years of me. I'm a completely different human than I was in, beginning of 2017 when it comes yeah. to like, just having this conversation, the dialogue, I did not speak the same way. Like I wouldn't even know what I'm what, like, I wouldn't even know how to continue this conversation because I was so, I, I was so uneducated in that, that aspect. So that was, that was where it began. And I think the important message of that to people and your listeners is when you're on the journey You have a goal. Although that goal is important, what's really important is the journey. Not getting too caught up on the outcome of what's happening and being able to let go and surrender to the process. If you can expect challenges to come and you can expect things to not come your go your way and you just accept that as part of it things become a lot easier so if you say i want to do this this is what i'm going to do and you do all the things you do your best on a daily basis you know you get 1% better every day and you go down that road but then you just but then you meet somebody or you you feel there's an opportunity that you, you is more aligned and you can pivot because that one may not be exactly the thing then that's okay. Right? Like you have to be okay with the pivot of it. And yeah, you do. For, for me, like right now, I'm doing what I'm doing. I have massive visions. I draw it out. I have crazy visions, but uh, I know also we get hit with coronavirus. That wasn't planned, right? We got to yeah. be okay with right. that. Am I going to be a victim and, and allow this to crush me? Or am I going to see the opportunity in this situation? right? There's many opportunities. That's what life is all about. It's the, the challenges are never going away. It's whether you see an opportunity or you don't. And that's kind of like how I've been living my life too. So now, you know, right now I do podcast production. I do podcasting, but I want to go deeper than that. And I want to, I want to explore further of like what my gifts are and offer that to the world. So this will be a constantly evolving process. You know, I want to write a book. I want to public speak. All this stuff is going to happen. I know it is, but you got to start somewhere. And starting somewhere and just doing your best in that direction is, is all you can do. Because if you have so many things going on, then you're not going to focus on the one thing. And the one thing is what's going to get you going in the right direction to start.
0: Yeah, for sure. I really think that there's definitely an element of being okay with whatever happens while doing everything that you can to make it go your way. (laughs) It's it's almost like the way you were sort of saying, well, we get hit with this, we get hit with that, this happens, this happens, that's okay, but I'm still going to try to do what I can with what I have. That seems to be a definite definite common theme with what we're talking about.
1: I think what happens is, If you know within your heart that you haven't done your best that creates anxiety because you have a goal. And if you've literally put in the work every day and you know, you showed up, you know, after you've had a really productive day, you're like, whatever, I don't care. I worked my ass off today. And you're like, yeah, whatever happens. But there's those days where we know we could have done a little bit more and that's okay. We compare ourselves to others. We get upset. We see others doing more or more successful. And then we see that we maybe could have done more. If you know that you've done your best every day, that eliminates all anxiety because you know you've done your best. There's something that happens in your brain when you know you've given it all. It's like when you go, I always go back to sports. When you've given it all, you've emptied the tank. When you go to the gym, you're like, I did my best. That's it. And, and that's all you can do. You do your best with the circumstances you have every day. I, and things will work out. Your, your thoughts will be better. Like that, that's, for my own experience, that's, that's how I've, I've learned to navigate that. And whenever I haven't and I've slacked off, that's when I start, to, I start to question things and start to get, you know, the wheels start going a little bit crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for the effort level as opposed to the results sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can do your best but not move the needle in quite the right way or the way that you wanted or the way that somebody else wanted but because you did your best you know that it'll get there eventually. You say it'll always yeah. work out eventually. Is is the timing and issue the people that you've that you've noticed to be to people want things quicker than than they're able to get them quicker because of the effort and because of the sort of things will still happen to you so it might not happen the way that you want it as fast as you want it is speed becoming becoming yeah. more and more of an issue for people
1: well yeah Ever, we live in a world of instant gratification right everybody wants to be rewarded for things right away. And it's crazy. You know, it's like same with when people haven't done meditation before there, it's the classic, what's supposed to happen? What am I supposed to feel? And if there's an ultimate practice of surrendering, it's meditation. And that's a lesson in life in general, things aren't going to always come when you want them to. And Things take time. Things that matter take time. The problem is, is we've had people create these things, these, these these false promises that everything is fast. Everything can be done quick. And although a lot can be done quick, if you put the time in and you, you align with the right energy and the right work ethic, shit can get created fast, right? But yeah. realistically, if you want to have a successful business... Or a successful anything, a podcast. Look, I'm nowhere successful for where I want to be, but I know the basic, the basic law is if you want anything to be successful long-term, you got to put in the time. If you're not going to do something for at least five years, how can you expect it? How can you expect the success to be long-term? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like you're not going to press a button and become a millionaire. You're not the people you see that look like they've had fast success is because they put in the time. I honestly believe that like there are ways to do things quicker, but being okay with the time, what is time anyways? It's a, it's a construct made up in our minds like that, like where that we put ourselves in these boxes. It's like, there's no finish line in life. The the thing that you accomplish is just going to allow you to go to another thing. And you're going to have to level up again. And again, there's no finish line. There's always another thing. So what are we rushing for? What are we, what are we going to? When we buy the house, well, we're going to want a boat. When we buy a boat, well, we're going to want this. It's like it all comes down to in going inside and being okay with where you're at. That's, what it, we, that's where the true fulfillment is. And if you honestly are passionate and love something, just be okay with it taking time. It's okay, you know? But a lot of people stop. I mean, how many people do you actually know that have done something straight for three to five years? Anything. Like, there, there's not many people. Like, everybody goes a different direction. It's like, the people that have done things for five years are Lewis Howes, John Lee Dumas, all these successful podcasts have all been around for, for years, yeah. years. Joe Rogan's been around since like before 2010, like that's it's 2020 now.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like here's, that's the thing is like, be okay with things taking time. The time, like that is, that is where you're going to learn. That is where, and anything it's like, if you want to become a doctor, it takes years. If you want to become a pro athlete, it takes years. It takes time. Can you, excel that and, and, and 10 exit, do you come faster at it? Yes, absolutely. But don't get bent out of shape if you haven't mastered that skill, because some people, it's they're still learning and be okay with where you're at. As long as you're doing the work every day, it will happen for you at some point. I believe that fully.
0: That, that's part of the... That's part of why things take time as well, I find. Like you you go to the the big names that you mentioned that they've been doing it for a while, they'll be better than someone that took the fast road because they also put the time to learn the skills at the same time. You know? Like it's if you do anything for ten years, you're gonna be good. You get you know, the sort of the skill element the business element, the art element, the marketing element, all those things sort of grow at the same level, if that makes sense. But then if you get better at the marketing element, okay, great, you learn from someone that can teach you how to market everything. But if your skill level doesn't match the marketing, you also won't last 10 years because people, marketing just speeds up people thinking that you're not very good. <laughs> if you haven't got a good show, but you market it really well, you get loads of people at first, but then the angle is not actually good at this thing. Like it's stuttering all the time and the audio is awful and, you know, the, the guests are boring or whatever the case is, right? But the marketing's really good. You get loads of people, but then you don't get any loyalty because your actual skill level isn't the same as the marketing level. So you've got to, that's why people that are in the game for so long are good because they are better at all the aspects, similar sort of growth rate is the right, I think the right way of putting it. There's that similar growth rate that comes along with just experience and just being in the game for so long.
1: And it takes time to build an audience. It, It takes time. Like people, there is a lot of things to do and listen to and, yeah. I am just so grateful that anybody takes the time to listen to my show because there's millions of shows to listen to. Yeah. Like it takes time to build an audience. It really does. You know, you know I just recently got my Instagram account hacked. I yeah. lost my big account. But you know what? That's okay and I'm okay with it. I'm okay if I don't get it back. You know, because I feel like I'm a new person. I'm I'm in a new spot in my life now and I'm okay. I'll start, I'll start fresh. It's going to take time, but I don't care. If you want to listen to me, if we, you know, you, you resonate with me, great then, but it's going, it takes time and I'm okay with this journey taking time because what the hell else am I going to do? (laughs) Like I want, I want it. I want to be able to learn and the, 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 like the complaints that I have within me, like, oh, it's not growing fast enough or it's not this, it's not that. Well, I'll tell you, once I learn it and I get past it, I'm going to be able to teach somebody. If everything is just smooth sailing right to the end, what the hell am I going to give value of later on? Nothing. So it's like, I'm actually loving that it's a challenge because there I can go, look, I've, uh, this is where I was and, and that's what I did to get here or whatever. So it's like, oh, I want to get through. I want to go I want to get to the next thing. It's like, well, what are you here for? Like, this is, this is what we're here for. We're, this is the journey. This is, what, this is what the thing is that's going to give you the fulfillment you're seeking, not the milestone itself. It's the journey of getting through the shit, which is going to give you the fulfillment.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I often use the phrase of, well, Mike, you know, you're not going to do anything else. There's nothing else that you're going to do. You tried the whole job thing and we all know how awful you are at being an employee. So <laughs> there's nothing else for you to do. So when, when things do get tough, that does tend to be my, my sort of self talk as well of, well, look, you're not going to do anything else, so you may as well keep going. And um, it's a very, uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, listening to you say it, and I'm thinking, oh, it's the same thing. I say the same thing. And I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think some people do say that, and some people don't. And I think, as you say, if, if it's plain sailing, you've got no lessons to share with anyone. Because, as I've I've said before, is that um, if everything goes really well, you've got no reason to change anything. You've got no reason to stop and say, oh, I could do with changing or changing this or adjusting or growing this way or learning something new or whatever it is. Because a lot of people don't learn anything if they've got no reason to. And I find mm-hmm. that if everything goes really well, like that's why you've got a balance between positive and negative when you try to help someone because if it's positive all the time they'll just keep doing things the way they've always done them because they've got no reason to change
1: the negative the perspective of what negative is is wrong it's because we've grown up in a society where anything that challenges us is considered a negative thing or we just we got to mask it run away and it's like that's not the thing. If you can look at the challenge as the thing that you're actually seeking, life changes because that's what the growth that is what you're seeking to grow. You're not going to grow through the easy times as much as we want smooth sailing, but you can even have the challenging times can still be smooth because of your perspective on it. Right? It's yeah. you're if you're not a victim, if you're empowered from every situation, then then life just becomes one big lesson right and and it's all about balance john Martini talks about this he's it's like in the breakthrough experience life is all about equilibrium it's all about balance when you get up on your high horse the universe will knock you down you get a bit cocky it's like oh okay reality you go too low you go too low oh this is never gonna i'm never gonna get out of this oh this sucks and then the universe always will bring you back up, always. So it's always about balance and, and acceptance of the bad, the word bad. It's just such a, it, nothing is bad, right? Like everything is learning and the acceptance of both good and bad as being equally important is in my own life has really helped me with my perspective because I ask, I'm like, huh, all right, why is this happening? What am I going to learn from this? If you can look at things like that, you become the driver of your life. You're not the passenger, you know?
0: Yeah, and I've also found that a lot of the time, what used to be uncomfortable or used to be difficult now no longer is because it used to be and you got through it. You know, a lot of the things that can be difficult you know, whether we're talking about a new skill or talk about a new business venture or whatever it is. Like the first time I ever spoke on stage, I don't even remember it. I was so like, I couldn't think properly. I was sweating, I was shaking. I couldn't think, speak, or felt like I couldn't speak. I couldn't do any of that stuff. My whole body was just so on fire because of the situation. I don't, don't remember it. It was horrible. I hated it. Second time round felt a bit better. Third time round, felt even better. Same with like videos. I was a robot on camera for the first like 50 goes, but then you get better. It doesn't feel as emotionally charged. You feel a bit more comfortable in front of the camera. And then pretty soon you don't even recognize that you don't even like respond to the camera. The camera is just there. You don't even some people like try and be confident by looking directly at the camera and that, and that, that doesn't work because it, it can amp you up even more. At least half of it is acting comfortable as if the camera's not even there. That's one of the things I've known in, in myself is that I can do things now and the camera's just on and it's fine, there's no no issues at all. And that, that's something that I would never have gotten to if I hadn't gotten through the difficult thing as well. So I, I really do think that, um, I can't remember who wrote the book, The Obstacle is the Way, that's something that, is it Ryan Holiday? Have I got the name right? So, um, yeah. I yeah, think yeah, that yeah.
1: Something like that. I, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think that that's something that I used to think was a bit of a, a weird sort of cliche. You know, like the obstacle is the way. Okay, here we go. Put that on a post-it note and send it out. But it feels more true now than ever because, you know, hindsight's a powerful thing. You know, we look back and we realize stuff and we notice stuff. And that's something that's come clear to me over the years because you go through enough bad stuff, you know, enough struggle that it it does make sense.
1: Yeah. Well, to build muscle, you have to do resistance training, right? You gotta, you gotta put in that work, that may not feel that great, but you're going to be stronger from the outcome. It's like that in life too. If you constantly, if you constantly stay away from that and you don't go into those moments, you're always going to stay in the box that you're in, you know, and it's all perspective. It's just all about how you look at the situation. You, in order to get better, you have to challenge yourself. You have to, yeah. Either, either you challenge yourself or the universe, or God, whatever you believe in is going to challenge yourself. And you either step up or you retreat. You have two options. That's it. And yeah. in a world like today, it's very easy to get caught up in everybody else's opinions. It's all it's in who's doing what some contradict each other. I just think it's important to really, um, focus on yourself, focus on what you're doing, you know, pick a few people to follow. But I mean, there's, there's, it's just too overwhelming out there to, if you want to listen to everybody, you know, and I just think it's super important to get comfortable with the things that you aren't comfortable with. I know it's kind of a cliche, but yeah, get comfortable with the uncomfortable and the younger, the uncomfortable. As soon as things get comfortable, well, it's time to switch it up. I had this. I had a buddy of mine. We were at um a part of Aubrey Marcus's Fit for Service Mastermind, and um. He had this trick for us. His name's Kaveh. He was actually he's a doctor. I just released his episode the other day. He had this trick for us at the at, at, with um putting in our. You know how we have our codes for our phones. Mm-hmm. He's like he took, forced all of us, not forced, but he told all of us, take out your phone and switch your code. We were like, what? (laughs) He's like, switch it to something that's like completely different. And at first I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. And I was so frustrated because I hated it because I was so used to my code. (laughs) And then I had to think every time. And it was a really good lesson because he's like, as soon as that code becomes familiar, you want to switch it up again. You always want to be you always want to be challenging yourself, these little things. And it made a lot of sense because we get so comfortable with these things that we do. And if you can throw a little kink in that by like, even now with that, it's probably time for me to change it now. And it's a good, good little habit for people because we get so comfortable with these little, these little routines. It's good to switch it up. Same thing back at the gym. You're working out, you're doing the same thing. While you're not getting as much results, time to switch up your workout, time to switch things up, shock the body, right? And uh, I think that's a really useful thing, especially on the day-to-day when we get so used to like doing the same stuff all the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I completely echo that. I think that it's worth do like for the, the gym in particular, it's worth doing something until it's easy because it means that you've grown, right? You've improved, yeah. you've got better. And then because uh, a lot of people might hear that and think, oh, well, I'll just keep changing and keep shocking the body then. But the problem is, is if you stay in that state, you don't adapt because you're constantly thinking what's happening next. So I think there's there's an element of training yourself does take reps as well, right? Like anything that we do, it takes repeating the same thing so that we build and grow and change and then you change it to shock the body again. So I think that it's worth, yeah, we've got to go through the hard times. You've got to make the uncomfortable, comfortable or familiar, I suppose is another word we mm-hmm. could use. And then we start to shift it again. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I completely agree with that. I think it's worth, worth repeating just for people that need it. Where can people yeah. learn more about you? Um, Lance, where can people find out the podcast and whatever else you've got going on?
1: Uh, University of Adversity podcast. You can find it on all platforms. Um, you can go to my website, you can apply for the show if you got a powerful story. Obviously, I can't take everybody. Or you can you can subscribe to the email list where we, we do three episodes a week, and we can, you can stay on top of all the episodes and not miss any. Also, uh, my social media is my first and last name. You can find me anywhere. And if any of your listeners are either wanting a podcast, want some sort of clarity, but don't have the time or the resources to do it themselves. That's what we offer. We do a complete done for you podcast and, and we manage it. You know, we do all the stuff, the posting, the content, all that. And if you have a podcast that you've started and you realized, Hey, this is too much work. I want somebody to take this over or I want to have like an audit. I'm happy to do an audit of your podcast and, you know, see how I can help. And if see if my team can help or if I can point you in the right direction. So if you have any inquiries on that, you can DM me on Instagram or email me and we can have a chat. So super easy. I just want to be able to help and add value to your audience the best I can. And I think with what's going on with the podcast world, I can definitely
0: do that. Right, Lance. Awesome. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts of what we've spoken about? Any sort of stone that you wish we'd unturned? Anything that that's come up as a result of what we've spoken about?
1: No, I. I think the general message of this conversation is, you know, see what opportunity is in front of you in a difficult situation, because you have you only have one choice. You either take it on, dance with it, or you retreat, right? That's, that's it. So with right now, with where we're at in the world, seek the opportunity, go within, journal, get your feelings out, and really, really find out what that thing is. And I promise you that you'll be better for it once you discover that every opportunity has a blessing in it, or every situation has an opportunity with a blessing in it.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, Lance, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you carving out the time and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you to those that have tuned in to the show. Make sure if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Leave a review on wherever you are listening. And I look forward to speaking to you all again on the next episode.